Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Good morning, people. Good morning, it, peeps. It's probably, okay, I think it's Friday morning. It is. And um, I'm trying to remember which day of the week I'm on. And um, so it's Friday morning. I hope you are doing well this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever it is you are listening to this. And we truly hope and pray that the Lord uses this podcast, this radio broadcast, or however this is coming to you. To bless you, encourage your, t- encourage you today. If I don't get my words enunciated, I'm going to get teased. So, and I would deserve it because I have been known to tease my co-host and best friend. And, and I'm here. Doug. And, I, and I'm glad to be her co-host and best friend. And she does deserve uh, a little bit of teasing back. But listen, we're really excited and honored to be able to come into your homes and through this radio, and this is Stephanie's last day. We gave her a week to host the program, and I think she's done admirably. So when I, you know, go away on one of those whirlwind vacations, maybe, you know, former president or vice president or something, we'll go around the world to meet people or something. I'll go with them and miss some podcasts. I just wanted to make sure that Stephanie was equipped and ready, and obviously she's beyond that. Uh, We just don't know who we're going to replace me with. Hold on. Are you going on some trip I don't know about? No, I said if or when or how. You said if or when. The when is when it troubled me. Yeah, no, not yet. Nothing, because there's something a little yet. bit troubling about nothing, that statement. Nothing set up yet. But yet. Uh, See, peeps, he's he's throwing out these little words, those su- suppositions. You know, you may. Yeah, those suppositions. You, you know, you may be a knucklehead if. <laughs> you so, use words like if yeah. or when when referring to the possibility of. So a trip such as he mentioned. So, so what's happening now is, uh, <laughs> this is hard to recover from, but there is a part of the program <laughs> called the Norton Knuckleheaded Moment, and that's mm-hmm. where we are. And it's my turn today. It is your turn. So I just want to say this. You might be a knucklehead if you pick on somebody who's trying to grow a beard. You just had to go there, didn't you? So many of you know that I grew a beautiful, godly uh I mean, testosterone-filled beard. I mean, <laughs> thick, manly-looking. And No, I, it was salt and pepper. I get it. I mean, I had white down on the lower chin. I had gray. There was even a little bit of blonde in there. I'm not sure how that all happened, but it looked good. And, you know, and... It looked good by the end. But somebody had already set me up with her family and joined forces with my wife. And... Uh, <laughs> And I mean, probably even talked my wife into buying me. Oh, a oh, oh, wow. See, see, now listen, peeps. Debbie and I never even discussed the beard. It was simply the spirits leading on the subject that led us both to the same conclusion. And it was not a good, we shouldn't pick on people who are trying to grow beard. You know, there are kids <laughs> in churches and I mean, they got this little fuzz on their face. I mean, I had a full man beard. And, uh, I mean, it was there. 
It was. Until, until Pastor Alan Gardner, one of the best men alive today, uh, said to me that I should shave the bottom, you know, clean up my neck mm-hmm. and my face, my cheeks and stuff. And it did, it, it did helped. wonders. Yeah, because my beard was growing from my eyeballs to my chest. So <laughs> I did have to do a little, and I didn't know, and I had to get a Manscaped 5000, but once I did that, it looked all right. It did, it did majorly. Yeah. yeah. It did go a long ways, but. Yeah. See, I was in a predicament during, to, to, in my defense, because I need yeah. seriously need a defense attorney right now. In my defense, yeah. my two youngest, without any prompting from me, looked at Uncle Doug on FaceTime and said. Emmy said it looked like a tornado and poo-poo. And Caleb did not like it and made it very clear to Uncle Doug that it needed to go. You know, but someday, someday all men, Sprout a little bit of facial hair. And uh, that's okay. But, you know, here we go. Maybe in heaven we'll all have a beard. I sincerely hope I do not have a beard in heaven. Well, I'm talking about man. I'm talking about the... good, good. You just... Because there was a form of trauma coming on. But, okay, the funny part of this scenario would be if Emmeline someday, in light of her current view of beards... Her posture. It's a bad one. Yeah. Mary's a guy with a beard. And I think it's very important that we talk about something that's affecting all of us right now. I think it's very important that we talk about Thor. Oh, here we go again. Because I love Thor. Thor is a great dog. He's among the most beautiful dogs. I pay all of the bills for Thor. I've ever seen. And Thor, Thor needs to marry. And that's all, that's all I'm going to say. But I, I'm not I'm not taking it any further because it would be the wrong thing to do. But here we are. Uh, we're in Psalm number 68. And Thor, I'm here for you, buddy. I'm wow. Here for you. And wow. Uh, Thor is my friend. And uh, Thor is everybody's friend. Yeah. He's so a what? big puppy, like puppy teddy bear. Is Thor more beautiful than any dog in your family line right now? Oh. Not even close. By far. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're talking the not... driveway dwellers and stuff like that <laughs> at your parents' house. I mean, Thor is a beautiful man. Thor's personality, dogality, whatever you call it when it's a, when it's a canine. Dogality, probably, yeah. He, yeah. He's, he is the most lovable. I mean, and I go down. we can't stop. We can't let that cease. It's got to go on to the generations. And <laughs> But anyway, that's all I want to say. we got to get, importantly here, we got to get to the Word of God. I am. I believe Thor should be married, and that's just where I stand. And people stood against my beard, and I, I accepted that. I shaved because of that, and I just want to point that out. I, I changed because those whom I love, namely his wife, <laughs> and uh, and those who I care for and co-host with, the oh. Lord. People, I'm defending myself here. The reason he shaved was because his wife said it was going to happen. Here we are on Psalm 68. (laughs) And and folks, let me tell you something. This has been a wonderful study on praising God. Yes, it has. In Psalm 68, we're still praising God. And if we can do anything, if there's anything uh, that we can do today to better our relationship with God, it's the peas again. And, And it's the praying. It's the praising. And, uh, and, and, you know, we have to read the Word of God. And so I can't think of a plea mm. for reading the Word of God. Preparation. 
preparation, there you go, through reading the Word of God. And remember, praying is talking to God. Reading the Word of God is, uh, is God talking to us and praising God is rightly, rightly. Our uh, response. Our response to, those, to both mm-hmm. those things. And, and I think that's really important. But the Lord gave the Word. Great was the company of those that published it. You know, I think the Lord never attacked me more than we, when we started publishing Bibles you mean for men Satan and women. never attacked you more? Yeah. And again, see, I messed up. This whole Thor thing has got me sideways. Oh. But the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. I don't think, I don't think the devil ever attacked me more. Uh, whenever we go to publish the word of God, whenever we go to distribute the word of God, whenever we make the calls, whenever we set things up, boy, does the devil attack. And uh, that's what we're seeing here. And, and I believe, isn't it great? And your dad, his church, your church. Yeah. Uh, they, they go ahead. And, and so, folks, if, if you don't know, uh, there's organizations of Bear and Precious Seed. Bear and Precious Seed is an organization that prints Bibles in languages for people all over the world. They don't have every language, maybe a third or something or a quarter. I'm not sure, but they sure do publish a lot, an awful lot of the Word of yeah. God. And uh, I, I think a significant, um, uh, a significant piece of publishing the Word of God is this. God, this is the holy oracles of God. This is the inspired Word of God. And whenever somebody has a chance to read the Word of God and it changes them, the Word of God changes us. Yes. Uh, all seriousness, listen, I have never been the same after praying uh, and preparing, reading the Word of God, I, it changes me. I'm never the same when I'm done reading the Word of God than when I'm starting. When I start reading the Word of God, God's Word changes us, and that's why we're here in this broadcast. That's why we're here talking about it. That's why we're doing this devotion. That's why we're hopping in and publishing that. But look what it says in verse 12. It says, "Kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil." Though ye have lean among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and the feathers with yellow gold. With the Almighty scattereth kings in it. It was white as snow in Solomon. The hill of God is as a hill of Bashan and high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Wow. Hmm. The Lord has gave his word, and great was the company that published it. You know, you want to be great with God? Be involved in Bible publishing. Publish the Mm -hmm. word of God. Share the word of God. Bring it out there. I know we already covered that. But look at verse number 12, Stephanie. I mean, as we're going through these verses, what do you think? Yeah. Kings of armies did flee apace. And she that tarried at home divided to spoil. 
Well, we had talked about this a little um, previously before we started this podcast. We did. We talked about sometimes. this passage, and yeah. we talk sometimes. Yeah, it's it's good to try to you know be on the same page to get ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you made reference to Deborah. Yeah. And. Um, you know, so when I think of, in light of what we talked about, um, you think of the battle that Deborah and Barak fought against the armies of Sisera. Yeah. And how Deborah told Barak that God was going to give that victory of that battle to a woman. And J.L., the one who um, God used, God gave the courage and strength to, to... Um, take care of destroying Sisera. Yeah. She was a housewife. Mm. She was the one who was tearing at home. And God used her to yeah. make his name known. And, and remember that uh, uh, where she shamed Reuben for staying at home and not being part mm. of it, not fighting for God, not doing the right thing. And, and, and folks, we have a responsibility. We need to stand up, hook up, and shuffle to the door. That's an expression we use. And calling cadence and one of the airborne signs i want to be an airborne ranger i want to live a life of danger but as it as you sing to that song it goes c-130 coming down the strip c-130 is a plane it's not a jet it's propelled and uh, it's a four-engine jet that people jump out of and go airborne so they stand up they hook up so they hook the lead to that parachute up to a cable and then they jump out the door of that c-130 and uh uh, but you know what? They do it. Even though they know they're jumping out of that plane, they know things are going to be different. And I believe that's what Deborah was talking about when she shamed Reuben. Reuben was a knucklehead for staying home. Well, you know, we as Christians, we as people, when we put the joke inside of this broadcast aside and we get to the Word of God, if there's anything we can help you with, it's right here. We want to help you with this concept, with this idea that... Uh, uh, that God is telling us to be involved, to jump out, uh, to go ahead and serve him, to march with him, to march on. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's something here that we all can do as we serve God. And I yeah. think sometimes we, we kind of miss that. Yeah. Well, and I think as a lady, when I look at this, um, when I look at that verse where it talks about, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil, Realizing yeah. that it's not God can use women to make a difference for Him too. Um, right. They're the, to great, the victors. To go the, the, the Christian, the Christian mentality that women are incapable um, of doing things, or women just always need to do what they're told. Do I believe women should be in submission to their husbands? Yes, of course. Do I believe that they're to be, um, um, you know, godly wives and mothers? All of those things, yes. But Esther. Deborah, so many Abigail, women in the Bible that were willing to have courage. They were willing to stand up and make a difference. They were willing to go out of their comfort zone and out of their cultural, where, where their culture put them. Ruth, these women that were willing to go out of where their culture placed them to make a difference, to do what God led them to do. And that's what JL did. That's yeah. what Deborah did. That's what so many women throughout history have done. Even going to present day, Gladys Alward. I mean, Amy Carmichael, these women that may have made a difference for God. Isabel Kuhn. And God has a, for any Elizabeth lady. Elliot. Yes. Any women, woman out there who is listening. Stephanie Wesco. No, I just, I, I'm not. 
anywhere in that, that boat. Um, those women are totally in their own category <laughs> above where I am. But if you're listening and you're a lady and you're struggling with how can I serve God, God has a purpose for you as much as anyone else. And don't feel like you're um, a subordinate to fulfilling a special purpose and a special plan. And, and men, you've got an inherent responsibility to get out there and lead and move out. You know, and you don't want to be Reuben here. You don't Amen. want to, you don't want to be a Reuben. And and then we're talking about these, these doves covered with silver and their feathers covered with yellow gold. Boy, that's a good looking dove. When the <laughs> Almighty scattereth kings in it, it was white as snow, and salmon. And so, I mean, the Almighty scattereth kings. He, you know, the Almighty can confound people. The Almighty can take an army of 20,000 and defeat them with, a, you know, 300. What was it, Gideon 300? Yep. And what was he fighting? He was fighting the entire Midianite army. Wow. And, you know, when he, uh, remember when he captured, so he captured. Now, what's going on there? Didn't he capture these guys? And Well, and, I mean, when God found Gideon, he was hiding. And yeah. he said, hail thou mighty man of valor. And, and, you know, God saw Gideon's potential. God had a plan and a purpose for Gideon's life, and God called out to the man in Gideon that he intended for him to be. And Gideon had to go through faith-building processes. I mean, his army dwindles because God keeps saying, it's too big. I can't show my glory. I won't get the praise from this with the army the size it is right now. And God had to become so much bigger to Gideon before Gideon could see God do the miraculous. Yeah. And so, yeah, before it was over, Gideon had only 300 men armed with torches and pitchers <laughs> to take out the Midianite army. Wow. Wow. And, you know, the Hill of Bashan is a principal mountain. They're called, and today I knew I had to look it up real quick. It's called Hermon. But, you know, as we were sitting here and looking that, and it says the Hill of God is the Hill of Bashan, a high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. And uh, man, I think that's pretty great. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. And the Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Now, I talked about Sinai earlier, which is a military base, not the Lord Sinai, where Mount Sinai, which we're very familiar with. But I think, you know, just using these huge numbers, God has huge numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the Pharaoh may have some, but, you know, the Lord has 20,000. The Pharaoh may have a little, but there's thousands of angels, and the mm-hmm. Lord is among those angels and those chariots. And, Does the, uh, the, that uh, makes yeah. me think of that story of Elijah. Was it Elisha when the Syrian army came to capture him? Yeah. And his servant freaked out. And, you know, Lord, Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And, and he sees the mountains covered wow. with chariots and horsemen, angels yeah. of the Lord. And, you know, Elijah left on a chariot. Elijah did, yes. He, when I go, I want to go chariots the way Elijah went out, man. Yeah. A and that, that's a good way to go. Just go straight up to heaven. And uh, boy, uh, I don't know, but I, I'll tell you, you know what always messed me up biblically? I got to be up front with you, is Elijah and Elisha. 
Oh. Why do we have to have people? Oh, I agree like with you. Why couldn't we have I like never... Elijah and Fred? Maybe. You know why? When I get to heaven, I'll yeah. keep them straight. But until then, yeah, it's a I battle. mean that, especially when you're new and you're just getting saved. Well, and you're I'm just... not new. or just getting saved, and I still mix. Them why up. leap ye high hills? And then we get down. We're talking about twenty thousand, thousands of angels, and then thou has ascended on high. Thou has led captivity captive. Think about that and tell us what that means here in a minute. That thou has received received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. So we're looking at this verse, Stephanie, and here we are in 18, and it says, The Lord has descended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. How do you lead captivity captive? What does that mean? Well, Doug, I think almost verse that verse 18 could be, it almost is prophetic. Yeah. Um, as we look at who Jehovah God is, who the Lord God is. And when I look at Jesus Christ and what he did when he went to the cross right. for our sin. Amen. But not only did he die for us, then he crushed Satan, not only by taking the punishment of our sin, but then he rose from the dead and he took all of that, <laughs> all of that ugliness. Yeah. To, I mean, it's the, the depth of what Jesus did for us. Boy, you're nailing that. That's right. It's incredible. It's incredible to think about. And then he ascended to heaven and just like take that Satan. It's all over. Not only is the work of our, of our sin being taken care of, not only is that paid for, but he took death captive. He mm. took he took everything that is evil and he put it in a prison. He did. You know, he crushed Satan's head at the cross. Amen. And because of what he did for us at the cross, because he set that foundation groundwork of freeing us, he gives us the open door to take all he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west and in that sense that sin that holds us captive he puts in a jail cell so that it cannot control us anymore that's right that's and right. he gives us the freedom to live abundant life amen you know to die is gain and uh, stephanie's book with that and we remember we said at the beginning and, and stephanie nailed the messianic purpose of this verse we talked about in the beginning that verse number 18 had a messianic symbol to it we know that we see it again in ephesians we see it in first corinthians and but you know i love what you said it's we look at this triumphant god that beat death that nailed that and because of that i love that i love that and all of us listening because of that the whole practical side stephanie just nailed because of all that because of that victory because of the victory that happened at the cross even in this time, captivity was held captive. We get to go ahead and take off our shackles. Uh, with God, we're not shackled. We're wide open, man. We get to serve him. And so with all that, the practical side, the peace here today is we're praising God. We're still in the praising God uh, verses. We're still in the praising God Psalms. We're still praising God. And uh, I think we're marching to Zion. That's what I think we're doing. I think we're marching off to Zion. So folks, listen to me. Listen to me. We got to bring praising God to a new level, to a new height. And we're going to do that when we understand that exactly what Stephanie said. 
captivity has been held captive. You can go ahead and move out. Uh, you don't have to worry about those things that handcuff and shackle you. You don't have to worry about those things that held you back. You serve a great and mighty God today. That's right. I think of um, the verse in Philippians that says that I may know him mm. and the power of his resurrection. Praise him. And that is what that freedom from that captivity looks like. It is, it is the power of his resurrection. So here we go. Um, we are marching to Zion. And this is a beautiful song. Um, one of the first songs I learned on the piano, actually, I think, was this song. Come ye that love the Lord, and let your joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus surround the throne, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry visit us at woundedspirits.com.